recording this at 2 o'clock in the afternoon on March 15th, 2020, so by the time you hear this, it's quite possible that nothing has actually changed in hockey. Welcome to the Battle of Alberta podcast, the hockey show that is trying not to panic in these turbulent times. What? What do you mean this season's paused? What do you, what do you mean there's no hockey? That's, that's it. I'm out. I, I can't go on like this. What do we do now? <clears throat> Sorry about that. Anyway, I'm Stuart Jones, and with me is Darren Platt. Darren, how are you doing? Better than you, apparently. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That was shocking. Yeah, it's uh, been a, a weird week for sports in general, but for the NHL, as we will discuss. Yeah, you've clearly been out of the loop, so it's going to be good to get you caught up. Yeah, so uh, so for those of you who missed it, um, apparently myself included, <laughs> maybe you're in like self-isolation or some weird thing like in that. Bermuda. For some weird. Yeah. Um, the NHL announced on March 12th that it was pausing the current season until further notice. So this was based on a similar decision that the NBA made the night before when one of the players of the Utah Jazz tested positive for COVID-19 coronavirus. So, Darren, uh, what did you think about the whole shutdown that has happened over the past week? Well, I think it's necessary. I mean, it sucks to sit at home and, you know, not have sports to watch. But, I mean, if us regular old plebs are sitting at home and, you know, have to stay away from other people, I'm pretty sure athletes need to as well. And they attract some pretty big gatherings. So all in all, it just, it just makes sense to me. I wouldn't care about going to a giant stadium full of infected people to watch a Flames game. I was hoping maybe tickets would be cheaper, but uh, no, shutting it down is the right decision. And I mean, what else can you do, right? They It was kind of written in stone once the NBA shut her down and had a couple of corona patients. So the NBA, or pardon me, the NHL followed suit and here we are still talking about hockey, even though none is happening. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think it had to happen, um, especially, like you said, once the NBA found a case that they actually had one. Um, it just, there was no other option. Um, 538 uh, is an online website, mostly for political news and stuff like that, but they do a lot of sports, mostly uh, NBA and soccer. So not a lot of hockey on there, but there's some connection. But anyways, they had a great article uh, pointing out that basically 30 of the 61 teams from both leagues have been potentially exposed to this virus in the two weeks leading up to the shutdown due to either being in one of the arenas that the Jazz played in or playing the teams from those arenas. So, like, it, it might seem like it, it was pretty sudden how it happened. Like, mm -hmm. basically on, I think it was Monday, they announced, okay, we're closing locker rooms to press. By, like, Wednesday, they were saying, okay, we're, we might have to do no fans. And then by Wednesday night, it was, okay, yeah. we're not doing any games. So, like, it, it might have seemed fast and sort of panky, but really it's, it's just very precautious because, you know, you can see based on those numbers, two weeks, half the league is potentially vulnerable. And so you could easily see how, if no action was taken, how badly things could get and how quickly that could happen. So... Yeah, yeah, totally makes sense to me. How how weird must it be for athletes? I mean, it's weird enough for us, who, yeah. who basically, I mean, you're still going to work and I'm still going to school, but things are like up in the air kind of. But how weird must it be for athletes who are in the middle of like this heated battle and all they're thinking about is hockey and they're going to the rink every day and it's just done. Like it's almost playoffs and it's done. Don't worry about it. Go home. 
you cannot leave the city that you play in, which for most people is most athletes is not their home city. Yeah. You stay there and you do not move. I assume they're like training and working out, but <laughs> I just think that must be so almost alien to them. They're, they're probably totally confused about what to do. I mean, they're still, you know, family people and they do have things to do, but it must just be like they're missing like a huge chunk of their lives all of a sudden. I thought that was kind of interesting but i like how some people are dealing with this for instance the khl yeah still still going on that's the most stereotypical russian thing i've ever heard <laughs> they're like there's a virus yeah we'll keep an eye on it keep playing i mean maybe maybe florida could keep playing the florida panthers since no one comes to their stadium anyway so they might as well <laughs> play against the khl and another thing that i've noticed is a lot of online communities are running their own team's simulators in the video game NHL 20. So they'll just load up, I guess, the exact rosters for everyone <laughs> and then simulate the seasons on the game. And I don't know how you wouldn't go about rigging that because <laughs> wouldn't it be even sadder to watch your team lose out in the playoff race on a simulator? But I like how creative people are getting without or with the absence of sports, I guess. <laughs> All right, I've been instructed to tell everyone that it is time for Selly, Selly's and Scorn. Yep, I got a nod from Stu. <laughs> that's good. We got That's good. It only took eight tries. <laughs> I'm kidding. That was actually the first try. So, uh, Stu, why don't you go first? What is your Selly and or Scorn? So my Selly and my Scorn uh, is a little bit of a mix because that's really the only appropriate reaction that anyone can have to this individual. And he goes by the name of Chris Pronger. Oh no, what did Chris Pronger do? <laughs> and you're probably thinking, Stu, what year is this? <laughs> did he demand a trade out of Edmonton again? <laughs> no, uh, so he was interviewed in an episode of the Spitting Chicklets podcast uh, at the beginning of March. And I'd recommend a listen for Oilers fans in particular, but, uh, you know, just hockey fans as well. Like, if you don't have any hockey to watch, you might as well listen to hockey players talk, right? Yeah, but come back to this podcast because we're clearly better. Sure. Yeah. Uh, full uh, disclosure, Spitting Chicklets is not a family-friendly show. So ah. if you have kids or you're listening to podcasts at work, I've, I feel like we've gotten away with that. But uh, this one you will not get away with if you move over to Spitting Chicklets. So anyways, so Pronger talked about a lot of things. He talked about the Oilers team uh, that he was a part of. And he actually had a lot of high praise for um, a lot of the guys that he played with. For that team as a whole, he thought... You know, as much as that run back in 06 uh, was kind of a Cinderella story underdogs, he actually thought that, you know, that team was a lot better than they um, ended up in the standings in the regular season. Um, he he thought that the team was really good and it just took a little bit longer than they had hoped to kind of find their role in the league. And once they got that, they got it good. And that's why uh, they did so well in the playoffs. So pretty interesting to hear that take from him, considering like how he left didn't seem to be on the best terms. So clearly it wasn't anything to do with the locker room, those guys. So uh, like I said, really interesting interview, worth listening to. Uh, but at the same time, he's also my scorn because, you know, he still sounded very much, how should I put this, Chris Prongery? <laughs> uh, he just came off a little, you know... <sighs> yeah, I don't know how to describe it other than that. Um, 
the Edmonton fans obviously know what uh, Darren alluded to earlier and that Chris Pronger had asked for a trade uh, out of Edmonton right after that big cup run. They made it to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals and lost, in case you didn't know. Uh, so... You know, a lot of Edmonton fans are pretty bitter about that. People thought, you know, oh, he hates Edmonton. What's the deal with that? Uh, kind of gave Edmonton a bad name because, you know, it's this frozen tundra up north. No one likes it there. But the way that Pronger described basically almost all the cities he was in, he seemed like he hated most of them. <laughs> he just hates living in cities. Like, he started in Hartford. Um, yes, Hartford used to have an NHL team, kids. <laughs> hey, those were sick jerseys, man. Uh, he started there. Apparently, he hated it there. Not necessarily the team, just didn't like living in that city. Went to St. Louis. He was there for quite a while. Apparently, didn't like it there either. Again, didn't really hate the team. Uh, but yeah, didn't like it there. And so it kind of seemed like, you know, maybe it's just him. <laughs> yeah. So that kind of made me a little bit bitter to that the fact that this happened kind of put a bad name for Edmonton. But really, it just kind of seems like him. Um, but interestingly, he didn't actually smack talk Edmonton, the city, all that much. He, the line he kept using about that trade was he was sold a bill of goods that, um, that just wasn't true. And that's intriguing to me because I'm curious as to what it was, what exactly he was sold. Like, yeah. we'll be a good team. And then they made it to this game seven Stanley Cup finals. He's like, nah, not good enough. I'm out. Or like, was he told that no, we'll be a bad team and you'll be the only good player. Oh, that's didn't happen. I'm out. You know, did he have some sort of contract negotiations afterward? <clears throat> he had a contract negotiation the year before he came to Edmonton because it was, uh, the lockout. Oh, and so he signed a five year deal. He did say in that interview that he regretted doing an extension. Uh, he was worried about his health. He was getting older, and he thought he wanted the length. Um, but he thought that maybe he should have, in hindsight, you know, maybe only done one year, seen how it handled, and then gone to the U of A market after that. But either way, it's kind of interesting. I know a lot of the Edmonton fans right now are listening to this and screaming at me that of the rumors that they've heard as to why he left, because there are plenty of stories in folklore. Yep. But Regardless of what you think of him, I thought it was an interesting interview, so I would recommend checking it out. Maybe the GM promised him good weather. That would do it. <laughs> Maybe. Never promise good weather in Alberta. So my score and Sally are also kind of just combined into one. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of this, but I'm still going to bring it up because it bugged me a little bit and I would like to talk about it. So... For my scorn, the f company that owns the Flames and a lot of the other sports teams in Calgary, the CSEC or the Calgary Sports and Entertainment Company, they're not paying the Saddledome Arena staff for time lost because obviously the arena staff won't be working for the foreseeable future. Um, and that's rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. This has made big news across Canada and there's been a lot of outcry and I mean... Maybe the extent of the outcry is a little bit much, but I definitely see where people are coming from. Like the CSEC is not a small company; they own a lot of they own a lot of properties and um, sports teams, and their owners. There's a board of owners, and they're worth a lot of money collectively. So while they're not really required to pay their staff because they are a company. I mean, I think I speak for a lot of people when I say they, they should think about at least helping their arena staff in whatever way they can because they're people that are worth a lot of money. They're billionaires, some of them. And and the people that are laid off or aren't working right now 
are usually part-time staff. You know, the popcorn sellers or the janitors or the ushers that probably depend on that job quite a bit. So my score is for the CSCC. Maybe pick it up a little bit. <laughs> Maybe think before you make a decision like that. I know there's other teams that aren't paying their staff. For instance, Winnipeg isn't paying their staff. And I bring up Winnipeg because their owner's the richest man in Canada with $34 billion. And if that guy shelled out a little bit of money to help out the arena staffs or people, like people anywhere that can't work right now, I mean, it wouldn't really hurt him that much. You show a little humanity. But come on, billionaires. A lot of people are hurting right now. Um, that's my score, and I think there's a lot of wealthy people out there that can pick it up, but right now, the Flames are getting blasted for it, and I think rightly so. Just a quick editor's note, shortly after we finished recording the podcast, the CSEC did announce that it will be paying their arena staff, probably due to the PR nightmare it caused, so yay, go us, leaving Boston as the only team, as of now, that isn't paying their staff, so... I mean, I guess good job, Calgary. It took a little while, but you got there. And clean it up, Boston. Come on. My celly also has to do with that because someone started a crowdfund, a GoFundMe for the employees at the arenas that have been laid off and don't have work. And a lot of people, fans are stepping up and helping out, but a lot of Flames players are committing some money to this. And I think that's pretty cool. I don't think they should be required to. I know they're also, you know, wealthy people. I don't think we should, you know, pin this on the players. But regardless of that, they're stepping up. A lot of the Flames players, including Mark Giordano, Sean Monahan, even uh, Milan Lucic and Zach Ronaldo are pitching in money towards the arena staff. And I think that's pretty cool, even though this whole situation shouldn't be happening. I think it's really uh, cognizant of these players. They're putting forward a good showing in the community. And, I mean... For how much money they have, they're not donating much, but I think it's just, I think it's whatever they donate is great, and that's that's a real good goodwill gesture from them, even though they do so much in the community already that it's nice to see the players are recognizing the arena staff and recognizing that maybe the organization they work for made a bit of a mistake. So good job, players. That's a good look on you guys. Even though you shouldn't be expected to, I think that's a good thing to see from them. Now we're going to start with our predictions. Unfortunately, you may have noticed, we won't have anything to predict. So why did I introduce predictions? Well, good listener, we have a solution. Because there's still a chance the NHL might come back in some capacity. You know they would like to give the Stanley Cup to somebody, and by that I mean have playoffs and make profits from the playoffs. (laughs) So Stu and I are going to pitch our predicted tournament ideas i don't know what Stu's is so maybe it's completely out of left field or maybe it's it's the same as maybe it's a totally viable option but uh, we're gonna pitch some ideas maybe of how the nhl could wrap up this sort of shortened season uh we're gonna start with Stu. what do you got man i'm interested to hear your ideas on this all right so i've got a couple kind of a couple one thinking really quick one basically march madness oh yeah all teams i don't know how you do that with 31 teams (laughs) maybe we have to wait for seattle throw together a couple of beer league players or something i don't know how you do that with an odd number but anyways all the teams are in maybe just leave out detroit yeah detroit's been mathematically eliminated (laughs) they're the only one fair enough okay leave out detroit (laughs) yeah all 30 teams except detroit Detroit. (laughs) 
Single game series, go. Nice. Oh, we get hosted in Detroit. A, <laughs> rub the salt in. B, they have a nice new arena. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. I like it. <laughs> so that's one option. The other one is sort of a regular playoffs, maybe shortened. Maybe it has to be three or five game series instead of seven. But you got to do the play-in for the wild card, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, the top three of the divisions, they're in already. But the two current wild card spots and the two closest to that have some sort of round robin mini tourney. Personally, one of my favorites that I heard about this um, was Elliot Friedman's. He said the pitches for um, playing two games, and you're thinking like, how do you do a best of two? Right? That doesn't <laughs> yeah. really work. He says it has nothing to do with wins; it's most goals after the two yeah. games. So if you lose the first game seven to one, but win the second game one nothing, you're out. Sorry, go home. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. Get that neutral zone trap out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. If the first game is a tie. There's no overtime. It just ends in a tie. I know we haven't done that since 2004. Whoa. What's a tie? <laughs> I know, right? But then game two, if that ends as a tie, it's sudden death for the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. I like that. So goals instead of wins. Interesting way of doing it. Cuts the number of games down. Could be fun. Could be devastating. Probably won't happen, but it, I like it. I like a couple of those ideas. So. That's pretty sweet. What do you got? I got, I got something similar to that, except it's hyped up to 11 okay with the fact that i'm taking this as no one's guaranteed a playoff spot yet mm. uh so i have a tourney format here so i have the top team in every division right now hosts a playoff entry tourney for their division okay right so the advantages of being the top team are you get to host yeah and you get to play the bottom team it's seated like you know one versus bottom and then two versus Next, next bottom. bottom, so that kind of a thing. Yeah, I don't. I couldn't decide on best one, best of one or three, because you're already playing the playoffs afterwards, and mm. that's a lot of grinding. So maybe like a one-off game or a best of three, or maybe use your two-game. That would be sweet. That was a fun idea. So the advantages of this are you get your big-time rivalries going because mm-hmm. you get all like you're usually rivals with almost everyone in your division. Huge crowds. I don't know. Maybe you'd have to distribute revenue. I decided I was going too far down a rabbit hole there. We'll keep this in <laughs> oh fantasy boy. land. Oh boy. But, you know, huge hype. Sets off, sets up big playoff matchups, big rivalries. Makes everyone hate each other right off the bat. I think that'd be a fun little party. You get four cities just hopping. It's kind of like kind of like March Madness. Yeah, yeah. Four host cities, and then you kick off the playoffs from there. So that was my idea. It's like a huge play-in with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. And to add to that, um, with Friedman's idea of the two games for goals, yeah. it's uh, whoever's the top seed in that matchup, it's always in their hometown. Uh, so it's just two games, back-to-back nights. Uh, so there's no travel or anything like that. So, yeah, you throw that. Yeah. Combine our two ideas. Well, Elliot Friedman's and yours <laughs> ideas. I've contributed nothing here. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, so we know that the NHL will almost definitely do something immeasurably lamer. Yeah. yeah. So this is wishful thinking, but... Yeah. It, dream. It's a very interesting time because, like, you know, by the time, whenever the heck that is, all this sort of sells down and they're willing to come back, like, people in North America are going to be itching for sports. Yeah. So it's going to be a good time for the NHL to try something new and exciting and draw in a few... Uh, new eyes so that'll be cool to see if they do that um, but again who knows this might last a lot longer than that I do know that their goal is to give the Stanley Cup to somebody this year <laughs> yeah. the last time they didn't was uh, due to the Spanish flu in 1919 
So, um, hundred and one years 101 ago. Years ago. <laughs> so they really don't want to screw that up. That streak yeah. they've got going. Can uh, we just award it to everybody except Detroit? <laughs> But who knows? We can't predict anything that's going to happen now. No. Uh, as bad as we were as our regular predictions. Oh boy, we've got <laughs> this is nothing going to be so down. far off. However, I think that these predictions should be taken into consideration. That was some good stuff right there for, you know, minimal research and preparation. <laughs> I think I think we came up with some good stuff. Yeah, get get Batman on the phone. <laughs> All right, everyone. As you can imagine, uh, it's time for wrap up, but also we will be going on a little bit of a, hiat- a hiatus uh, that will kind of coincide with how long the NHL is suspended. So we might not be back for a little bit. I'm just going to throw this out there just because I was thinking about it. I do have a lot of bloopers saved up. So this is all contingent on whether or not I feel like it or whether or not, you know, someone maybe texts me or gets a hold of the podcast and says, man, Darren, we would love a blooper episode. (laughs) I think that would make me feel just a little bit more motivated to do one. So if you feel like hearing an awesome blooper episode, I have them saved up and you should get a hold of the podcast in some way. Please, no. <laughs> Stu doesn't want to hear it because he does. I, I played some of the bloopers for him before the show and he seemed embarrassed. I can't understand why. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Like I said, we'll be back at some point. Not sure when, but keep telling everyone about the podcast. This is our 23rd episode. There's at least 22 other episodes they could go back and listen to. Maybe exclude the first one. That one wasn't great. But thanks again for listening, and we'll be back at a later date. Goodbye.